Hi, Corey. I've got a special treat for you. We're oh. going to fool people today. Are you ready? Yes. You talk four or five times a day. Sounds like you are truly uh, connected emotionally and good friends. But that is what he is saying all that he wants. We're fooling people into thinking we're Delilah. Did you record so Delilah on your cell phone? I did. Somebody who is emotionally available and wants that kind of relationship with you. Wait for it. Much more from this gentleman. You're not probably ever going to see that. And you're going to feel very lonely and very empty waiting for something that he cannot give you. So good luck. And I hope that you meet somebody who meets all of your needs romantically and friendship. Oh, we fooled you. We got new listeners just now. They thought they were tuning into Delilah when they were just tuning into this podcast. We got you now. Yeah, Sam, the episode title for this needs to be like, this is actually Delilah. (laughs) And, you know, to throw people off the scent. Um, But it's not Delilah. Also, can we just talk for a second about how, before you even say who we are, Uh about how she gave some advice about some emotionally unavailable man, if you didn't gather that, Mm -hmm. if it was too lo-fi for you. It's redundant. (laughs) She should just say man. Am I right, folks? Uh, And then played, I want to dance with somebody. (laughs) It's super weird, right? It it is weird. That was the advice song. Anyway, who the hell are you, Delilah? uh, My name is Corey Kraft. What's up, ding-dongs? This is the Side Dogs Podcast. Who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan, and I am the creative director. You like my voice there? Yeah. For the Sidewalk Film Festival. I'm actually dancing. not Delilah. You kind of dance a little bit. I can give you just as shitty music suggestions and just as shitty advice as Delilah, should you ever need it. I mean, the, the advice essentially stops and ends, at, like, starts and ends at um, <laughs> just break up with him. He's not worth it. So there we go. Um, just because I am envious, could you. Potentially, Brad, give us that same exact Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Little song right here as we get into talk about movies, some of which... Not that we're talking about them today. Star Whitney Houston. That's true. Whitney Houston did make some movies. She, had, that she we was in movies. Will not talk about today. Probably. I don't know what Lisa's going to bring us. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called "Phone a Friend," where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. What's up, Brabo? Can you hear us now? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. We had some um, some tech issues, but we're calling you from the studio. It's Rachel and Corey. Hey. And um, just so you know, we just I just forced them to listen to just like a couple of minutes of Delilah. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, she tied us to chairs and held us at gunpoint. It was really uncomfortable. I don't know why she did that. We, she could have just played it for You'll us. You'll appreciate we it listened. later. You'll appreciate it later. All right. That's what I keep being told. <laughs> Well, oh, man. we're calling you not just to talk about Delilah, even though you know me. We could do that for a while, but um, oh, yeah. I we'll do that another time. We'll do that off <laughs> mic. Uh, we're calling to see what you've been watching. Well, okay. So as you may remember, I am currently in the beach at the beach in one of your favorite locations, <gasps> PCB. Woo. I'm all PCB, about it. Baby. So two questions very quickly, and I know this is yeah. a very controversial topic because you didn't think you'd be able to do it, but any chance in the world that you've snuck away to Captain A's? Um, okay, it hasn't happened yet, but 
I we have a few more days here, and I think we're gonna do it. I think we're gonna oh do my it god, in the next days, you have so. to send me a picture of shrimp cocktail or you know <laughs> the 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 bread basket on the table, please. Oh, of course. And you know, today we actually we were driving around and we actually passed the um, the Angelo's cow or bull. I Love it. Bull. It is a bull. So you know, so so I'm getting see I'm seeing some of the sights while we're here. So for sure, I'm gonna try and make a a wonderful, over the top, um, you know, '70s era beachside steak got to but i probably won't order the steak because you know you know i don't either but you can order the the remember when they called the onion rings onion bracelets onion bracelets bracelets. (laughs) and they did look like bracelets so you could get the bracelets they they, they were fancy we liked them Uh, but i have been um watching a lot of beach tv love beach tv you know you can't not i just leave it on and come in every so often you see like a beautiful glistening crab leg come out of its shell or like a squeeze of lemon over some shrimp it's great <laughs> I, I have I, you know that kyle mckinnon watches beach tv just throughout the year at his <laughs> house. Yes, apparently you can watch it on the in the mainland he too. does yeah he does last question for you about the beach and then we'll talk about what you're watching um which I'm, sounds like it's gonna be relevant potentially but have you been to either the carousel or to thomas d and that's not a dick jar noise we need. That D is for donut, y'all. So get okay, your minds out of the gutter. So close. We are like right up the street from it. I mean, we are right there, and we have not been there yet either. We've kind of done that thing where we got here, and then we've just been sort of beachy, keeping it, keeping it at the house, you know, eating here and beaching here and mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. we ventured out a little bit, but we plan to venture out more. So I'm going to check these off the list. You, you got have to have no a donut doubt. for me. Have a donut for me. But oh, well, I, there, oh, well. I mean, there's I nothing like a donut here. on the beach. I don't care if there's a little sand involved. You just think it's like a sugar. <laughs> that's why I get the sugar, cinnamon sugar. Because I don't know the difference. Yeah, exactly. It's a little it's grit. It's, it's, a, it's a little pro tip, Corey. The next time you're at the beach having donuts, get cinnamon sugar and you won't know the difference. All right. Sounds good. It'll be fine. Um, what are you watching, though? <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you say So, it a couple nights ago, uh, we were looking around and discovered a movie we thought would be quite thematic for the experience. And we had never seen it. Yeah. It's called The Shallows. Oh, hell are yeah. You familiar? The well, shark movie. Yeah, have you seen it, Corey? Yeah, it's cool. It's got Blake Lively, and she oh. fights a shark, and it's good. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I like Blake Lively. It's real good. You know, I really hardly knew anything about her. I had to. I was like, I know of her, but what have I seen her in? And I cannot find a single thing that I know her from except for The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I did yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah. You got to watch A Simple Favor. That movie it's is amazing. amazing. It's amazing. Okay. It's It's simple better favor. than Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I would part, say so, too. Part one and part two. <laughs> Um, Even I though I prefer part, part two of those traveling pants to the first traveling pant. Oh, really? I okay. do. Well, I, I know do. your girl's in it. I know you got Rory up in there. I know. Little little baby Gilmore. Little baby. Um, you know, I also didn't know she was married to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, wow, Lisa. Yeah, that's like a big, that's I like heard, a whole thing. I don't, I don't keep up. I had no idea. And apparently she was a gossip girl. So I think that's how maybe she's famous. Mm-hmm. That, that is, I think, why. Her outfits okay. yeah, I and I missed that whole thing. a simple favor are mind-blowing yeah like she's super hot you, you really should see it it's a lot of fun okay noted okay. and she wears like a little tuxedo thing and takes her jacket off and it's sleeveless and it's like ah yes bitch yes <laughs> am i wrong um, Corey? you're Corey? you are absolutely not wrong this is something we way. can agree on is that when she, blake lively takes her jacket off in a simple favor both Corey and me say yes bitch yes i did say yes bitch yes I Actually, think it, doesn't, you'll agree. it doesn't sound as good when I say it. <laughs> you, you'll you'll feel the same, Lisa. <laughs> it trust sounds me. it sounds okay, vaguely yes, menacing. Yes. <laughs> so tell well, us about it's hot in this movie too. I mean, it's you know oh. surfer vibe, surfer bay vibe. Gotcha the whole way through. Um, yeah. Okay. I agree with Corey. It's really well done. It's 
I mean, it's very, I feel like it's quite an excellent kind of no-nonsense survival horror movie. You know, everything that right. happens really feels like it could happen, and it might, would happen that way. Like, the shark is, yes, it's this big predator, but it's not just this monster, you know? And right. It, it, it's very, there's a, a lot of realism to it, where you're like, oh, my gosh. And so, um, well, yeah, just to fill you in a little. So, okay, so she goes to this desolate beach that her mom went to, you know, many, many years ago. And guess what? We do have a dead mom situation. Oh, no. Um, R.I.P., R.I.P. Yeah, it's tragic. R.I.P. And so it's kind of her way of connecting with her mom. And she found there was this obscure beach in Mexico somewhere. But I think it's actually shot in Australia. Um, But she goes there. And, okay, so here's the thing. She doesn't even know the name of the beach, so I'm not even really sure how she found it exactly. But she also can't, she's just zoom in on the map, like haven't, there have been cartographers by now that have like documented this on Google maps or something, you know, whatever. I don't want to, I don't want to take away the mystique of the beach, but <laughs> right. um, she gets this. So at the beginning she's riding, she's getting a ride with a local man to this beach. And then he even asks her how she was planning to get back. And she kind of shrugs and says, I'll just Uber. And it's like, well, okay, wait, what? Like, why didn't you Uber there? Like, who is he? And also, couldn't you just schedule a meeting hmm. time with him? Because he's clearly, it just felt a little bit one of these, like, okay, you're definitely, I mean, you know, you got to set yourself up for a terrible uh, disaster when it's a horror movie because you got to have many things go wrong here. But, right, um, right. Yeah, but apparently she does have service on the island, so potentially she could Uber, or I don't know if it's an island, but the beach, because she um, does call her father, and who definitely, okay, so they're Texans, because she talks about surfing off the coast of Galveston, and her mm-hmm. father looks a lot like, um, what's his name, Rick Perry, <laughs> so they kind of were definitely accurately casting, like, a Texan yeah. dad character. Oh, I like that. But, yeah, so... Well, so her struggle is, okay, so mom died of cancer after putting up this really big fight, and she is in med school, and she wants to quit med school because she's kind of at the point of, like, what's the point? You know what I mean? It's one of the, one of those. And she has yeah. to, I don't know, find herself through surfing and now battling this gigantic shark um, type of thing. So, yeah, so she's out there surfing, and then uh, she comes, well, she gets sort of hassled by the shark, and it messes up her board, and so she, she has to flounder around, and she finds and climbs on top of a decaying whale that the shark has presumably fought and, you know, killed and is eating on. So now she's like into the shark's feeding territory. So she's really pissed it off. Um, The worst part, she's climbing on this whale. Oh my gosh. And she uses its like sores, like where the shark is at it as like candle holes. Like she's at a climbing wall. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. There's definitely a few. I mean, the, the grotesque things like shark bites and, you know, injuries in here are, um, yeah, they're well done. They're aplenty. I mean, it's not just totally gory the whole time, but yeah, definitely when there's when there's some um, active blood scenes that it's it's quite bad. And there's oh, there's a spot. Okay, so we were watching it. She hits her face. She's like climbing around on this buoy at one right. point. She's moving around from like the shark or rather the, the whale carcass to this rock, and then she's got a buoy. She's kind of trying to, like, you know, stay in the water, depending on when the tides are changing, to yeah. avoid the shark that wants to get her. And at one point, she bops her gourd on this buoy underwater, and then she starts bleeding, and she's got this bloody nose. And, you know, it was really real, and I even thought at the time, I was like, wow, how do you fake that? Like, what kind of stunt acting is that? I mean, that's really real. And then I was reading the trivia, and she legitimately, for real, bopped her head on this buoy in real life and was really bleeding for real, and just said, no, let's keep filming and let's do this. And so that's they right. Blake Lively, go hardcore, bitch. <laughs> yeah, she's hardcore. Love it. So, yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of cool. And because I guess, too, they 
I guess part of what helped her survival be possible is the fact that they did make her a med student so that, you know, she can do a little bit of stitches on her leg when she gets bit and she can kind of, you know, do her own mm-hmm. med- medical yeah. care a little bit. Cause you know, if that was me, first of all, I wouldn't be surfing cause I don't know how, but secondly, I would have just been eaten immediately. Like this would 20 minute movie and we're over. So luckily she has some skills and is able to kind of sustain. Oh, and she uses these skills. So she, okay. A seagull somehow gets injured also from the shark. And oh she, no. It like dips down or something and got yanked in the fray. It got bit or whatever. So she is on this little rock for a long part of the movie with a seagull. And at one point, she even uses her medical skills to put its um, little wing back in place. Like, she realized that it had just gotten, I guess, I out love of, it. Out of joint I love it. And so she fixes this little seagull so he can be saved and fly away. And um, Thank you, movie, I, for not killing that seagull. I thought you were going to say for a minute that she ate the seagull. And I was going to okay, get upset. well, I... We, suspected we were like is she gonna eat the seagull but okay she does eat this crab at one point which this is a really fun fact so she um okay so she's you speak, know hold on, on. lisa speaking to captain a's <laughs> i just had to say it speaking to captain a's go ahead <laughs> this is gonna be just as good as captain a's but um but yeah okay so apparently here i, I took a little screenshot here so the crab that nancy crushes while on her rock is cgi although the crushed crab she attempts to eat is real Blake Lively's reaction of disgust are genuine. As the director states, we're not allowed to harm any animals, so there were no live crabs, but we did send our art department out in the morning to go find crabs that had died naturally on the beaches. <gasps> so there's a couple of those in there. Um, yes. So they make her Ooh. eat dead beach crab. That can't be good for you. That cannot. That's I like know, a, that's that's like a amoeba forming. Right? And she spits it out right away because she's so grossed out by it. And then she feeds it to her seagull friend. So, you know. Oh. But, oh, the seagull friend. So, this was cool. So, she named him Steven Seagull, which is really cute. Yep. And apparently, I read that Blake herself came up with that name, which very cute. Very um, creative. The seagull's real name is Sully, which I actually had thought while we were watching this. I was like, can they train seagulls? Like, what? And apparently, they can. Um it said that the um, both the use of CGI and a puppet was considered based on the belief that it would be too difficult to train such a bird to act. This horrified the producers who wanted to use an actual seagull while scouting locations. So then they found out they can, and there was actually three of them. Um, Peggy was another one, and apparently Peggy was very vocal. But Sully, the main one, he was like really chill, and apparently he and Blake had really good chemistry, and... Interesting fact, seagulls are perpetual cleaners, and so they had this, like, fake blood on the bird to show that he was injured and why he had to stay on that rock with her, and he kept trying to clean himself and clean the fake blood off because he wanted to look good. Love it. See, they they were worried for no reason. They had not met Sully and Peggy yet, (laughs) and it doesn't surprise me that Blake Lively had good chemistry with Sully. Does not surprise me. And they think that the, he's like 30 years old. Like these seagulls are so old. Holy shit. It's like a 30 year old seagull. I, so, okay. That, I've learned something today. I had no I, idea. I, if you had asked me like, what do you think a seagull's lifespan is? I would have been like a week. Well, not right. a week, like 10 years, maybe <laughs> like in the best of all possible I probably circumstances. Would have said a week. I'm, I'm not, I'm not lying. I probably would have said a week. But I guess birds can live a long time. Like parrots live a really long yeah, time. Yeah, they do. Right? I guess I, the, I, I wasn't really thinking through this perhaps, hmm. but. I mean, but I wouldn't have thought. I would have gotten years. the chemistry with Blake Lively correct. Well, sure, because what correct, doesn't? Correct, correct. And no, they definitely true. do that thing where she talks to the seagull some, and you're kind of 
she's sort of explaining some things to Seagull, and it's almost that thing. It's like, okay, I see you're just sort of alone in this movie with the audience, and so that there's some dialogue. We'll have you talk to the Seagull. Um, like you know, like Wilson, the volleyball? Yeah. yeah. It's very Wilson. I got some Wilson vibes, for sure, for sure. But luckily, the Seagull is a creature, and it's alive, and it can you know, fly away and, and survive <laughs> and be its own thing. And, you know, Wilson, I don't know. Is he still floating around? What's he doing? Um, he's, so, living, he's living in Tom Hanks, like, medicine cabinet at home or something. Aww. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil anything because this one was a really good suspenseful watch. It's really, like we said, well done. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's very man versus beast. But instead, it's really cool woman versus also a woman. Oh, apparently, it's a woman shark. So, um, lady, lady shark. Lady. lady shark. There's these other surfer guys. And I will say they're, you know, they have a rough time. There are some really cool chomps. Like this, the way they did the CGI and the way they did the shark, it's, it's some good chomp action for sure. Um, so, and there's a lot of just really, really pretty camera work where you sort of, you know, you're going below the water and above the water and you're kind of, you nice. really have that sort of almost shark vision. And um, This film didn't point, need to be this good from what I'm really hearing. Good. I, it is I, it genuinely better good. than you would expect. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and there's a scene where kind of before she first gets, first gets hassled by the shark, you can see it in this wave that she's riding. You can kind of see it through the wave. And so, you know, it's got some really good, if you like shark movies and beach movies and surfing movies and suspense, then this, this has it all for you. And Corey does. His favorite film of all time is Jaws. My favorite film of all time so is he loves a, a shark chomp, movie. Chomp. So, yeah, give me oh, all the shark movies movie. he got. Blake does not like sharks, and she had ne- she never watched Jaws. She never saw it. Hmm. You should hmm. probably so, check it out if you're going to make a shark movie. Blake Lively, who we know is listening, needs to go and stop right now and watch Jaws. <laughs> go watch some Jaws, girl. So, um, yeah, I think it was fun. It was really fun to watch the beach. And I did also then Google, um, you know, how many shark bites have there been in Panama City Beach? Just of course. You know, precaution. Precaution. But... Since 1900, there have been just eight shark attacks off Panama City Beach. I like your odds. The news would make you think it it was happening on a daily basis. (laughs) The corrupt news media with their their, their shark uh, agenda, their anti-beach agenda. Yeah, big shark, exactly. Blame Trump. (laughs) Wow. Um, But apparently, so apparently there is a tagged great white known as Miss Costa, uh, that has been visiting the area frequently since 2016. She but hungry? She, I don't think she. Yeah, she's apparently about 12 feet long and spent several months coasting along the PCB coastline. Um, but she's. I don't think she's really messed with anybody. I think she's just chilling. You know. Yeah, she's just. She's polite. She's just chilling. Cruise um, girl, cruise, lady some, shark, getting some fish, ignoring mm-hmm. the swimmers because sharks yeah. don't. Sharks don't like eating people they don't even like the taste of people they 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 bite people because they mistake people for like seals and other delicious food so um you know sharks innocent is the point of all of this even though it's fun to watch movies where they eat people it is true true true. it is even though wouldn't be fun to watch them eat blake lively because i want to see her live Well, Lisa, thank you for taking time away from the beach. I wouldn't, you are a better person than me. I would not have broken myself away from, you know, Captain A's or Angela's Steak Pit or Thomas D or the beach itself to have gotten on the phone to talk to us bitches. So I appreciate it. No worries at all. I don't mind at all. I'm actually going to get back out there, though. Okay, send me some photos, please. Make a seagull friend. I will. Watch out for lady sharks. (laughs) Bye. 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 
So, Corey, you know, this is the next little segment here where we're going to talk just very briefly about a couple of sidewalk films on the Sidewalk 2024, the 24th annual, 2022, excuse me, see where I screwed up, the 2022 24th annual Sidewalk Film Festival. Hell yeah. And I'll start because I'm going to be very brief, actually. Okay. I'm going to talk about the, the documentary Miha. Yes. Which you have seen and which we both love very much and which was batted around for opening night. Yes, we we considered it. We ultimately landed on Butterfly in the Sky, the really excellent uh, Birmingham uh, produced documentary on Reading Rainbow. But Miha is going to be screening pretty prominently at the Alabama Theater on Saturday, uh, August twenty seventh. Yeah, um, yeah uh, a movie. I think we've we've you've already talked about it on this podcast, and I think you've bit. talked about it at at a lot of the events that we've had around the. Um, the festival lineup, but, but I know this is one of your favorite movies. In the it's lineup. absolutely one of my favorite. And I think it'll be, it'll be up there for my favorite of the year, potentially. Yeah. And I, I you're going to see this film a lot because you're going to see it not only in our lineup, but it's going to be on Disney plus, I believe it's one at of some point before the end of the year. Yeah. It's Disney's sort of first venture into documentary film. And you know, we bitch about Disney all the time, but they've been easy to work with on this one. At least I just want to say that part of what I love about it is part of what kind of goes to the point that we talked about with subject, which is there's been some questions around the ethics of of the filmmaking here mm. because it, it plays out a lot like a narrative and there's certainly some things that would have had to be less organic than is often the case in a documentary in order for this film to be as sort of smooth and flashy and fun as it is. And so it, it is, it, it can, there's some questions for the director, but I think ultimately it's rooted in in uh, nonfiction. And I think there's a lot of, of really kind of interesting things going on here, but one of which is the pressure on children's uh, on children who are, who are themselves documented, so to speak, who are born in this country, who have parents who are undocumented, who do not have green cards. And I did not realize that part of the process that one can go through is to, is to try to obtain a green card for a relative. Yes. And so that is, that's a little bit about what this film's about, but I think part of what makes this film work so well and part of what makes it so watchable is this Jack's hot, right? Who is another? She is. Um, so the main the main subject of the film is a young woman, as you say, from a mixed status family, um, who is working as a music producer, right? And a, or a talent manager, and th- the this person encounters Jack's hot who is another young woman from a mixed-status family, a vocalist looking to make it big, who has had some things kind of go a little viral, um, and um, is, uh, you know, it's sort of, the the film becomes a story of these two women from very similar backgrounds banding together to make their dreams come true, not only for the sake of having their dreams come true, but their families' livelihoods are sort of, uh, dependent yeah. upon their dreams coming true. It's you're going to make it or else. Not with, without, with not a whole lot of faith in the making it part. Yeah. So it's really interesting for that reason. But I think that the 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 young woman who is whose stage name is Jack's Hot, it, that storyline is part of what makes this film work so well mm-hmm. because she is incredibly dynamic. Yeah. She is so different than our lead character in so many ways, but so similar in so many ways. And their friendship and bond is is 
really remarkable. But in addition to that, the music's just really fun and kind of good. And her, she's just sort of a dynamic performer and presence on screen. For sure. And it's when I hit that part of the film that I kind of went, like the first few minutes of this thing is like, okay, out the gate, I'm really interested. And the, and then the story is really interesting but and, and continues to be worthwhile. But at a certain point when she shows up on screen, I'm like, okay, this, this is now going to another level for me. So hang in there with this one, if you will. And I highly recommend it because it isn't just your typical story uh sort of to be reductive immigration story right it it has all sorts of textures and levels to it and i highly recommend seeing it on the big screen at the alabama you will certainly be able to see it on your little screen in the coming months but uh, there won't be any experience quite like seeing it at the alabama oh and bring some tissues because you gonna cry oh for sure it's also very triumphant in a way though that i don't know that people are expecting so the the ending is a very cathartic emotional ending and um it's it's really one of the high points of Movie watching for me this year, Agreed. you know, um, it's it's a really great, stylish, as you say, uh, documentary. That's a it's a really impressive um, portrait. Yeah, and from a young filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So, what are you wrecking today? So, I wanted to highlight a narrative feature. Um, One that I'm extremely proud to have in the lineup, another one of my favorite films, and the film is from first-time director Sarah Elizabeth Mintz. The film is called Good Girl Jane. Yeah. Uh, Good Girl Jane, to me, is probably one of the most striking narrative debuts I've seen since Trey Edward Schultz's Krisha, which also played it at Sidewalk. You know I love Krisha and, and the dynamic camera work and suspense and intensity of that film. And Good Girl Jane is not what you would call stylistically very similar to Krisha. But for me, it wove a similar spell Hmm. in that I just got wrapped up in the technique, right? I think this thing is brilliantly directed. And that's not to detract from all the other merits of the film, which are, you know, many. But this is, to me, a super auspicious debut feature from this very talented young director who who I believe... Uh, adapted this feature film from a short film yeah. that she made, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and both of which I, I believe are semi-autobiographical. Yeah. Um, it's the story of a young woman who's played in a really remarkable performance by a young actress named Rain Spencer, and uh, her parents have recently gotten divorced, and she lives in Los Angeles, and she's kind of lonely, doesn't really fit in at her school, kind of miserable. Falls in with a group of kids who, you know, they're just kind of normal teens. They're hanging out. They're doing drugs. They're going to parties. Teen stuff, right? right? Teen stuff. And if it, you know, if it had stopped there, then this would just be the story of a regular teenager. But unfortunately, it develops from there as our main character, Jane, falls under the sway of an older boy, uh, a young man, I guess I should say. He's no longer a boy. That's part of the problem. Right. Um, who has predatory designs on her, and she gets caught up more in this sort of spiral of drug abuse, of alcohol abuse, yeah. and of this guy holding too much sort of power over Bad her. Bad shit. Um, and look, I know that that sounds like any number of other coming-of-age things, but the technique, the style, and the attention to detail on the director's part and the performer's part right. really distinguished this from a lot of other similar stories. Uh, it was kind of revelatory for me mm-hmm. watching this movie, and I, I really, really was taken by it. Um, 
it's it's one of the better sort of coming of age type movies that I've seen, and I, I do think it's it's distinguished in large large part by the talent of its director. But that's not to detract again from the the performers. Andy McDowell's in this thing playing uh, the main yeah. character's mom, and I think she's really terrific. A lot of other young performers whose faces I might recognize, but whose names I can't recall at the moment. Yeah. Up and coming performers. Um, who I believe you'll you'll probably hear more from eventually, and you'll you'll certainly hear more from Sarah Elizabeth Mintz. This film, I don't think it's been picked up for distribution yet, but it won the big awards at the Tribeca Film Festival, where it premiered back in June of this year. So you've got a chance mm-hmm. potentially to see Good Girl Jane quite a bit early if you catch it yeah, at yeah, Sidewalk, yeah. and I do really recommend it. Did what do you think about this one? Yeah, wonderful film. Yeah. I mean, I highly recommend it. I would say, too, that I think it's always a good call to try to navigate towards these films that don't quite have distribution sure. yet, because all bets are off in this world. Yeah, who knows when and where you'll you'll be able to see this thing again. Odds are strong, and I say this, you know, deeply unfortunately, that you won't get a chance to see it again on a big screen. Right. And right. and that's that's the sad truth of of breakthrough little films like this. If and when this is picked up for distribution, honestly, you'll probably catch it next on streaming. Yeah. And it's better than never seeing it at all, but you'll definitely want to catch this one on big screen if if you can. Also, you never know. I mean, you look at something like Winter's Bone, which was really a festival film. Well, that's true. With a no-name, you know, young actress who was on that Bill Ingvall sitcom um, who breaks through and becomes one of the biggest movie stars on the planet from that time. Oh, you wouldn't be talking about Jennifer Lawrence, I would be. And, you know, we have Brie Larson via that same path, sort of. Short-term 12, that's right. So, you know, these are the reasons why, even if the film itself doesn't blow up, be the person that's gone to see the film that has some remarkable performances in it and... You know, once something's going to land from this. That's right. So be there to see it and and it's festival glory. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast where Corey's a little less mad than he was on the last episode. (laughs) Slightly, slightly. Um, We're your own personal cinematic Irish car bomb and white Russian. Yeah. Well, oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I have um, over imbibed on both of these things Blech. a lot, I, including, as you can imagine, at a um, theatrical screening of The Big Lebowski that had um, white Russian specials that I AKA took advantage Caucasians. of. AKA a Caucasian. Um, I'm going to have to go with white russian here though i'm fine with that i i I would never order one of those even if to theme really just i don't you're not a milk drinker no i had an ex that was a bartender and she told me that she was a bartender in a college town this is in Uh savannah and she would have sort of sloppy drunks come up to her at the end of the night and be like make me something fun and that she would always make one of these because the milk would then curdle with all the alcohol and they would be throwing up. And she was just doing it to be very cruel to these people who are annoying her. Oh, my goodness. And that story has haunted me. In addition to that, I don't really – I know this is a hot take, but I don't really want milk with my liquor. That's not that hot of a take. Um, <laughs> I don't well, think, these, I don't these think two, many people would disagree with you. These two drinks end up on the list here together, not because they're sort of – Potentially gross to some people, but because these are drinks that bartenders are pretty well agreed that they don't like. 
And next time we have Destiny and Danielle in the studio, yeah. we're gonna ask, we're gonna put them on the spot and ask them about what their least favorite drinks to make are. But I know that Destiny, in particular, doesn't love making White Russians, and we'll find out why. I will. Episode. I now will endeavor before she comes in here. I like it to order a White Russian. Oh, from just her. wait. She, you're not gonna like it. You're not gonna like it. I like it, but you're not. Um, and then Irish Car Bomb. Apparently, people like to slam them on the bar and well, they go everywhere. That's and just that's obnoxious. You can't that. slam it. You gotta, you know, be be gentle, be deliberate. It's called an Irish car bomb, and in, in, <laughs> yeah, in, in that the Irish suggest car bomb's gen- uh, defense. Gentleness. Oh, uh, so I'll, I'll be the Irish car bomb. I'm fine with that, even though how many calories are in the, either one of these like drinks? Like a million. Don't Jesus. even think about it because it, it'll just make you feel bad. Um, yeah, I don't. I, you know, I don't really drink that much anymore. Um, that much right um, i mean Corey at one time was just you know like a drunk hobo i was i was at one point like jeffrey the dude lebowski walking <laughs> around in a bathrobe sipping on white russians um that i mostly made myself mostly to spare bartenders um the pain and the pain of having to make one <laughs> and to spare myself the embarrassment of being a guy at a bar who's like can i have an irish car mom or a white russian please I haven't Even though heard I have anybody actually order those in a, in a very long time, it's especially the while. Irish car bomb. Yeah, that, that, that seems one... like a thing of the 90s, maybe, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> did was that was that name given to that drink at, at the time that the I, IRA was just like killing a bunch of people? For sure. Yeah, so that's kind of that 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 seems like it was born of of a remarkable era of insensitivity in the 90s and maybe didn't i say the 90s yeah exactly like, <laughs> a remarkable no, you're era right. of insensitivity you're right it, and um you know as as a as a relatively well adjusted adult <laughs> male i think i would f- be embarrassed like saying irish car bomb to a, to a I'm bartender not. at this point i'm not i don't care i've got no i've got z- you know zero qualms about it i don't i'm insensitive as fuck just let's give it a let's give it a more sensitive name maybe like um i don't know a uh, coffee in a co- coffee liqueur and i don't know somebody, no it's somebody not good i mean i'm it. the kid who at in my junior high school would go up and order a suicide high c and then we had a string of junior high school suicides and they asked us to please start calling it a rainbow no, and you can't I just do that. fucking refused. It's called a suicide. I was like, I want a suicide. And they're like, we're not going to serve it to you till you call it a rainbow. And I was like, fuck you. I want a suicide, bitch. Did you say that in junior <laughs> high? Th- th- this is the hill you're going to die on, huh? <laughs> it's definitely the seventh grade hill I would have died on. Yeah. Like, how dare they take away my freedom of speech that I want to call my mixed high C a suicide, you fucking losers. Words have meaning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Thanks to Boutwell Studios. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Revelator Coffee, who will not serve you a, an alcoholic beverage. They won't serve you a suicide. They'll only serve you a rainbow. They'll, but they will also serve you delicious coffee. <laughs> I stopped true. by there today on my How way to How work. Was it? it was as excellent as always. So stop by there if you find yourself in downtown Birmingham and in need of. A jolt of caffeine. Also, stop by the Sidewalk Cinema. Where if you order a suicide from Destiny or Danielle, they'll give you a free popcorn. They won't just like hand I, you I, a- I'm going to forget to communicate this, and then they're going to be like, what the hell is going on? People are coming in ordering suicides. All the millions and millions of listeners are coming in and Destiny ordering Destiny won't suicides. just like slide a handgun across the bar? <laughs> okay, here you go. She might. She um, might. 
Uh, it's at the Sidewalk Cinema. We're showing movies. We're also, of course, going to be part of the upcoming 24th annual Sidewalk That's Film right. Festival, which An is not only, not only at the cinema, but all throughout the theater district in downtown Birmingham. All the information you need for that can be found at SidewalkFest.com or at Sidewalk Film on your social media platform of choice. We're on pretty much all of them, so you can find the information you need and get your tickets and passes to come see some movies with us. And I hope you do, because we're showing some good ones. That's all for today. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.